0: Hello everybody, Mackenzie here from Before the Downbeat, a musical podcast with another film review. This is the one we alluded to in our 50th episode. It's one that Autumn has graciously given her spot to a returning, uh, now we can say, co-host as well as guest, the alphabet to my Galinda Ms. Jessica Maxwell. Hello.
1: Hello. Hello and Jessica, what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about the recently released 2021 film now on Netflix, Tick Tick Boom.
0: That's right. Directed by Lynn manuel Miranda. That's right. In his directorial debut. So yes, we are talking about Tick, Tick, Boom, as they say, if you read it phonetically, you know. Um, yes, yes. So we're talking about that today. So to do that, we're going to kind of dive into some of the casting, some of the songs, We'll talk about how it compares to another movie musical you and I saw, which is West Side Story. Even though we won't give our full West Side Story review because Autumn is saving that one—that is what she does want to do. So, but she was like, "Jessica can take tick, 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 boom. I've no desire to talk about Jonathan Larson after you ruined Rent for me, Mackenzie." So I was like, "Okay, that's fine with me. Jessica and I will do it because this is looking like it could be a Best Picture nomination. Oh might." The- uh, critics are saying that it is in the top 10 movies. So we can see a Best Picture nom. They're talking about potential directing nomination for Lin-Manuel Miranda, acting nom for Andrew Garfield. So yeah, this could, this could shake, up, shake up to be a Dark Horse awards contender because everybody's already talking about West Side Story as an easy lock for nominations. But then this Tick Tick Boom is going to potentially be the other musical that gets in the mix as well. Mm-hmm. Uh no shades in the heights, though. In the heights was very good uh as well. It's just kind of gets kind of got dwarfed because it was a summer release and tick tick boom and west side have both been primed as award contenders. So Sailor V in the Heights, we still love yet. We are working on doing a review of that at some point. Maybe we'll do one as a special like year anniversary of, of its release date. So we'll do for that one. So there we go. All right, Jay Maxwell. Let us dive into this. So first off, let's get into what did you think of Andrew Garfield's performance? Was he well cast in this role? Does he deserve an Oscar nomination for this performance?
1: I thought he was very well cast in this film. I think he's a very underrated actor. And I think we really got to see his theatrical chops shine in this. Having watched, I watched a, it was like a side-by-side video of Jonathan Mm -hmm. Larson and andrew garfield presenting mm-hmm. a monologue and it was the same mannerisms the hair mm-hmm. the you know the smile the nod mm-hmm. the hi i'm john it was to mm-hmm. a t so yeah. i thought the character study of that was very well done mm-hmm. um i would love to see him nominated for for an oscar uh mm-hmm. he is nominated for the golden
0: globe or Critical the Choice? golden
1: yes the golden globe in the musical comedy category yeah and i think I think in the past typically the golden globes have been a really big indicator of mm-hmm. what we'll see at the Oscars. Yeah. So um it's not the film itself is not nominated for many golden globes, I think only two.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I would I would love to see that change at the Oscars like I don't want it to be yeah. like a total note for note in that regard. Yeah. yeah. Um it will he win if if he's nominated will he win? Yeah, uh, i I want to go with your your dark horse theory there but i have a feeling anyone who is in his category that is from west side story will beat it
2: mm.
0: yes well okay so i will t- I, I'll, I'll piggyback from yep so i once i also thought he was a he did a terrific job mm-hmm. in this performance watching the end credits where you see the videos of jonathan larson performing and you're like oh wow like Andrew Garfield really did do his work to try and not just be a copycat of Jonathan Larson, but really kind of embody him naturally. Because his voice was still very much the Andrew Garfield voice. He didn't try to put on an accent or anything like that, but his mannerisms very much evoked Jonathan Larson. And so that was... Really, a, a, an impressive feat because that is really hard to do when when you're doing it when when you're when you're trying just not to mimic them but trying to embody who that person is and 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 really you can tell those moments in the dead moments between between moments like when you watch Jonathan Larson in interviews or in videos and you see in between those moments where it's the um the ah's the the lo- the little pauses and what they do that's where you see how good of a of a performer because. So often that's where the a character drops and the actor comes back. Like a good example is um, Greg Kinnear played JFK in the Kennedys. Mm. And you watch his performance and just the way his voice and his body was able to hold character even when he wasn't speaking. And it, it's just the small little things, the way the placement of certain vowels. It was like, okay, that is showing you have that well-rounded. Meryl Streep does it all the time. Like mm-hmm. when you watch her as Margaret Thatcher she is uh, she never kind of drops character at any moment. They, they, she stays put. Her, her, her non-acting moments are still in character, which is really good. Uh, and Andrew Garfield did very much the same thing. Like his quiet moments, it, it, felt, it felt like he was in character for that. It didn't feel like, oh, I'm seeing Andrew Garfield now.
1: Yeah. You know? And I think it's really, I think it's really admirable trying mm. to do that, especially mm. because it's, you know, you're, you're trying to um, portray someone mm. s- who existed in real life, yeah. um, and who has also passed away. Yes. So that leaves you with limited material to work with, yeah. you know, you don't get the opportunity to reach out to this person and kind of get yeah. a sense of what their experience is, you're solely yeah. relying on what you can create of this mm-hmm. person from what you see, again, mm-hmm. like you mentioned in interviews and stuff like that, and then kind of your own interpretation as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, like compared to the actor uh, who plays Sondheim, who is Bradley uh, uh, Woodford, who has a plethora of interview material for Stephen Sondheim. And I thought he did a great job. Well, we will get into the supporting cast momentarily, but. That's a good example of he's someone who had a ton of material to reference and he had different decades of time to reference as well. So that really informs reference. Jonathan Larson, because he was up and coming when he passed, there's far less material for you to really dive into. Like, like, like obviously they filmed his own performance of tick, tick, boom, which was a, I a, clearly it was a major sounding board source for them, but like, it's it's very much harder to get a hold of stuff. I'm sure just because he literally died before he 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 really made a name for himself. Like so so like a lot of things would, would have come after the success of Brent. Would have been the many interviews, the, the 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 things like that, the features that would have been done about him. Now it's kind of like you got a lot of pictures, I'm sure, and a lot of word of mouth about like who was he and some videotapes because you can see like some of the cafe videos that show mm-hmm. some moments that you would grab him. But yeah, like it's interesting just noted, noting how the difference of material where like if you're Sontime, you have a ton of it. If you're Jonathan Larson, your your spectrum is much smaller and more confined to what you can pull from, which just makes that embodiment even greater, as you said. And I was really happy with his singing. Like it didn't feel auto-tuned, like it mm-hmm. sound, felt pretty good. I mean, once again, he's not a trained singer as far as I know, but he held his own. I guess people like Vanessa Hudgens and a few others who are like, there's a lot of Broadway actors in this. Lin-Manuel Lin- Miranda really stacked this cast with a lot of Broadway performers.
1: Oh, yes.
2: So
0: if you're were, if, you're, if you're going to hold your own, he held his own. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like a sore thumb where it's like, oh, clearly they're auto-tuning you just because you couldn't match it.
1: Or it wasn't one of those, mm-hmm. um, let's cast a big name yeah. and we'll piggyback on that big name. Like, yeah. He was doing the mannerisms and the singing, like yeah. clearly it was very thought out. And yeah. to boot, like he had the, he had the look, like yes. it was so yeah. spot on. Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah. And I'll, I'll say for the nominations, I think I definitely can see him getting into the nomination for sure for an Oscar. I can't say if he'll win or not, just because I haven't seen all the other ones that they're putting up. Like I know Benedict Cumberbatch batches up for <laughs> I Love Dog. Uh, there's an actor from CODA that's talked mm. about um, licorice pizza apparently has some actors in it mm-hmm. that could be nominated. So there's a few others. I can't see any way from West Side getting leaded the actor. Cause Ansel wasn't like that. Astounded, like that, like he was, he, he did his job. In yeah. West Side, but he certainly wasn't worthy. I don't think he's worthy of a nomination. I think the females of that film much more give, give a good run for a nomination. And I would say, up a win for the for, for Rachel Ziegler as Maria mm-hmm. and Ariana DeBose as Anita. I can't see Ansel getting in for, and I would say like Bernardo um, and Riff, those, act, the, those actors, David Alvarez and Mike Face, would probably get into supporting, not lead.
1: So. Yeah, I would, I would have only maybe put some from West Side Story because it's not the main category. Yeah. Like true. it's not the best actor. It's the right. best actor in a musical or comedy. That's right the, that's right. the category okay. right i'm saying yes yeah yeah yeah. yeah. That's, there's that's the okay category. yes <laughs> i know yes. well i know golden globes has it but like do, do the oscars, oscars
0: are ju- no, no o- oscars combine them o- o- oscars oh, don't separate so it's just that's right so it's just best actor best actress best supporting actor best supporting actress best picture <laughs> so then in so, that
1: case it could be anybody's game <laughs>
0: yeah, very much so very much so so but yeah andrew garfield loved him okay supporting cast jay
1: maxwell who is your shout out for the supporting cast? I mean, I thought they all complimented each other very mm-hmm. well. Um, but if you got to make me choose one, I would say Robin DeJesus, who played Michael.
0: Yeah, that was so mine
1: good. too. So yeah. good. Yeah. Um, his his character is really... Uh, it's, it's interesting because, you know, you have you have John, who... Mm-hmm. It needs to write this musical it's not even a want it's like a need yes. i need to do this before i turn 30 mm-hmm. and michael is like i did the i did the theater and but now i'm gonna go live my life and mm-hmm. i'm I, he calls himself a mediocre actor and mm-hmm. uh and he kind of it's it's like that little bit of realism and when him and john have that confrontation towards the end of the film Mm -hmm. um i feel like it's just a total blossom of like their relationship this far Mm -hmm. which had kind of been a little rocky Mm -hmm. and then it's just like all this confrontation kind of comes out everything's laid out on the table that like hey you've been spending like a lot of time working on this don't forget about like the people around you and he just he like oh it's it's great i love i you, it's one of those supporting characters that, like, I don't know, I don't, I don't. It like almost could have been a lead character at the same time. Yeah, like, I, I think he just did a great job.
0: Yeah, I agree. He was my shout out too. I mean, he is the heart of the movie. Yeah, Jonathan Larson's character in this is not portrayed as overly likable a majority of the time. He's, uh, I, I, because of his self obsession,
1: he has or, or his just moments. A- yeah.
0: Yeah, or or not even I don't I don't know self protection or just tunnel vision. The tunnel mm-hmm. vision this character goes through of my workshop, my workshop, my workshop, and he kind of drowns everybody else out. That that doesn't always make you a likable character. There are many times where I was doing the, I don't like you. <laughs> like listen to your partner, listen to your friends. Like uh, 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 I guess whole thing about like you uh, like like you sold out for 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 the apartment with the doorman. I'm like he didn't sell out. He did the adult thing that sometimes you got to do it's it's about realizing your limits in the world And michael's and uh, robin's character as michael is such a good embodiment of someone who understood the world and understood life because he because he understood his time was limited after he tested positive for hiv but then he also understood in the rat race that he just didn't have that extra thing that was needed to push you to where you had to be and that's something I think a lot of people in the arts community struggle with is there's a reason why the very few make it to where they have to go or where they want to go. You know, I mean, you and I have gone through this as well and for, from our high school days to now. Right. I mean, I mean, I mean, I can still remember the day you came in and said you were going into journalism. And I can still remember that day. Uh, and that, and that's the thing there, right. It's, it's, it's it's that thing of realizing where can you go in the world, and the fact that Michael accepts that, and still blossoms and is successful, and is someone who takes the lemon, or 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 like, or, or like what could or like what, what could be conceived as a lemon, and makes it into a lemonade,
2: mm-hmm. and he's
0: happy. I, I, he's never somebody like God damn it, like I never could make it in i in my life. So he goes, no, I'm driving a nice car. I have health insurance. I have I have. I, I. I'm very happy, and, and he's happy, and he's tr- and his support of Jonathan is beautiful. I mean, the fact that he's making photocopies for him, he shows up when it when when is needed, and it's it's just such a beautiful non romantic friendship that is there, and it's so heartbreaking when you realize that oh, you may not make it out of this film before the end,
1: and. It's interest it's interesting the more you're talking about this, the more I can't help but think of mm-hmm. and he's not similar to this character, but elements are there. The character mm-hmm. of Benny from Rent.
0: Yes, there that is a That's, that is yeah.
1: That there's that is kind people. of an element there, but yes, like but not, it, yeah. and not to the same degree. Um, because I think I think I feel like the general consensus was to always root for everyone but Benny. But after our Which conversation is wrong. But after our conversation on the rent episode yeah. that's something to consider. Um but at, at the same time, you know, as you mentioned, um Michael is is very supportive of his friend. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, as it, it like in an industry where like you said it's very difficult to kind of break through and make your mark having a support system like that is huge so Mm
2: -hmm.
1: but it's you know again a character like a character like Benny that gave up the quote-unquote bohemian lifestyle (laughs) to have a to have a a job and an apartment and stuff
0: (laughs) right exactly
1: yeah 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 I
0: mean um, so so I, I have so I'll also make a comment of I thought uh, Alexandria's ship as Susan was lovely. However, mm-hmm. she wasn't served well by the story. Unfortunately, she kind of fell into the generic will be gone partner trope. Like mm-hmm. oh my partner isn't paying attention. Oh pay like I want to talk to you. Oh we can't talk. Okay we're breaking up. Like, like, she course, tries a lot in the film. She though. does, like, I, I, yeah, and that's what I like about her character. She is a like, once again, she that could come off as a really bitchy mm-hmm. character, but she's a very wholesome and
1: honest character. Yeah, and a relationship is a two way street. So, it is. like, she has wants. Yeah, she uh, sees herself in this new career, mm-hmm. in this new job. Um, and, you know, you see Jonathan being really supportive in the beginning, but as soon uh, as she... In mean,
0: the beginning, I mean, up on the roof when she talks about the opportunity, he seems quite kind of dismissive of it.
1: So I I'm think like, he oh. just seems more distracted. I think yeah. when they actually have the proper conversation of like, hey, like I accepted this job. Mm-hmm. Oh
0: because, yeah, like but, at the very end when, yes, when she comes yeah. to this, the job.
1: Um, yes. and then And then when he kind of gets like, He's like, I'm not moving to the Berkshires. Like, no, that's not Midtown. Like, I get it. Like, be an artist, but also, like, you don't. Be a have supportive to be t- partner. You be a supportive partner. Like, oh my gosh, Susan is like bending over backwards, wanting to um, make this work. Make this work and like have this conversation that two people in a relationship should have when there's roadblocks like this. Mm-hmm. But instead, he's so consumed with this workshop that it's like, it's like you said, it's like a tunnel vision. He loses sight of what's around mm-hmm. him. And yeah. that could go real ugly. Like, um, I mean, And it does. It, 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 it does. It, it does. Yeah. In some parts it amends itself, but yeah. in other parts it's like-
0: yeah. <laughs> Right? Well, 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 I mean, the moment he loses power in the condo, right? And he's calling, yeah. calling the electrical company. I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I'm not feeling <laughs> bad for you in this moment. Like, the movie sets up all along that, like, you've been given plenty of notice. This is your own doing that, that you end up in this situation writing by candlelight. Like, I'm not- I mean, like, I want, to, I want to- want for
1: you. Yeah. I want to root for him and be like, I'm, like, I'm- It's so admirable that you're so dedicated to your craft that you really want to see this succeed. But sometimes it's, like, it's so obsessive. Especially mm-hmm. when he starts comparing himself to Stephen Sondheim. Yes. Like he's like Stephen Sondheim had his first musical on Broadway when he was 27, and it's like, and and Michael says it. He's like, you're not Stephen. That's not your life. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Right. And that, nah, that's exactly
0: reality it. Check. <laughs> right. And I mean, like, people forget like Sondheim had already written a musical before West Side Saturday Night. That didn't go anywhere until much later on in his career. Mm-hmm. But, like, he written that. And on top of that, everybody forgets that his mentor was Oscar Hammerstein II. Mm-hmm. And when your mentor is Oscar Hammerstein II, the guy who wrote Oklahoma and Sound of Music, and South Pacific, and Carousel, and all those others, that absolutely gets you into doors. And, and gets you in in certain places that that may not get you mm-hmm. like, like if you're Jonathan Larson trying to work your way in that ain't going to happen the same way and I, and mm-hmm. I mean I, I love when Michael kind of gave him a bit of a slap to the face and said you're gonna have to wait a few more years like like sorry he's,
1: like and he does it in a good way because he's not yeah. saying give up no he's, he's just saying keep trying and don't yeah. put like mm-hmm. like theoretically don't put all your eggs in one basket. Yes. You know, it's yes. great that you've put all this time and energy into this musical, yeah. but like clearly mm-hmm. we know something else like, better comes. Like yes.
0: yeah, and I mean like I will say that's, interesting. Yeah, my yeah, my secondary shout out uh is Judith Light as his uh agent Rosa Stevens.
2: Mm-hmm. Cuz
0: once again like she plays like that's another tough character to walk because on one hand, it's a very much of a caricature of the darling. Oh well, look, I, I didn't know who you really were, so I messed up who you were when I walk into the room. But then after the after the after the showing, when she's kind of putting them on for the first bit of the call, and then she's and then she takes him off speaker mm-hmm. and she drops in, vocally drops into the scene. Because mm-hmm. before she's in a very kind of not airy, but kind of like aloof. Kind of theatrical it's, voice, and then she drops it's comedic, a real yeah. voice. Yeah, yeah she drops. She drops the comedy and is yeah. honest to him. Yeah. And I was like, th- she did such a beautiful job of dropping in and she had to drop into you nail know, him that moment of, you keep writing and you keep yeah. throwing stuff against the wall until something
1: sticks. And it's kind of interesting because up until mm-hmm. that point, I feel like like oh, this poor guy and his agent yeah. and his agent yeah. doesn't yeah. care about what he's doing. Yeah um and then there's that moment at the end where you're yeah. like oh she's got a point yeah
0: well I mean, once again and she's very nice too and she's like you, it's like she's like you got good reviews and mm-hmm. I mean like you mean like we know that he won some award for this preview workshop thing yeah in New York mm-hmm. so it's not like he didn't do well in this workshop it just wasn't the piece that was gonna Breaking through which 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 i love that it, that's an honest portrayal of the business where it's like you're not on time or somebody else or i forget i forget who i forget who he talks about who was given the ten thousand dollar check mm. after after his workshop then went straight to broadway it's like majority of the time that's, that's right. not the case During yeah the time it's it, just you pounding the pavement and it normalizes what it yeah mm-hmm. you know
1: like i'm really glad that And I guess like you have to give Lin-Manuel Miranda credit for this because he worked in the business as well. Yes. That, you know, not everything is going to stick and not everything Mm -hmm. is going to be well received. And I think that can arguably go for literally any business. Like if you pitch a story, if you Mm -hmm. are, if you're writing a TV script, if you are designing an app, like not everything is going to stick. And so this is honest. This is realistic Mm -hmm. to some degree. Mm -hmm. And it's not, it's not all like, like, I'm glad he gets rejected because, because of that honesty. Like I didn't like, Mm -hmm. and and I mean, look at this, especially because you know, what's going to happen with Jonathan Larson next. It's like, well, good thing it wasn't Yeah, well received. We never would have gotten rent. Like
0: it's (laughs) true. I mean, but yeah, you talk about Luma Miranda. So he started working in the Heights in 1999, and then got off Broadway in 2007. Yeah, and then finally opened on Broadway in 2008. Right, like, like, once like that's a journey. Like, what's mm-hmm. that story was started in the early 50s, and it it didn't come out until th- 1957. Like, mm. that's something people don't understand about the arts is that writing and creating a piece isn't just one and done like it is a run and run and run it and run it and run it until finally it hits like come from away took a long time to get to broadway like it went through canada canada then it finally got picked up by by some u.s producers who helped move it across the border and then it still went out of town and then it finally made it back to broadway like it's a long process so i'm glad this film is showing that and the supporting cast is great at amplifying that story because when you have the actor playing or you have steven sondheim mm-hmm. who is very supportive throughout the film mm-hmm. moments, but he also doesn't like he also isn't just like hey kid let me like you know take uh, you under my wing exactly like he doesn't just take him right under his wing and say let's make a musical it's more like mm-hmm. it ends his arc ends with sondheim with sometimes saying hey i'm gonna call you back and let's try and get coffee and let's talk Mm-hmm. Which is a first step in a long process of cultivating a, a friendship, a, men, a mentor-mentee relationship.
1: Networking is that
0: first. It's networking, right? Exactly. So yeah, no, this film is just wonderful for that, and the supporting cast is so great.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: yay, yay to the cast for this. Uh, so uh, Jessica, uh, is this a good film adaptation of the musical? Did you know Tick, Tick, Boom before the movie?
1: i had heard of it and i thought we had briefly discussed it in the rent episode we did talk about it briefly. i mentioned how i liked this more than i like rent <laughs> um but i think we all agreed that we didn't really know much about it
0: i i, I didn't know i didn't or know did or did you I, I i i listened to the album i knew it was like a one-man concert show performance like it wasn't like a big musical i knew like,
1: there's like the exactly yeah.
0: exactly I, I knew like um Ru esperanza had done a, a revival of it in the early 2000s and like mm-hmm. it was done by the guy who did rent and i was like oh i actually like this a little bit more than i like rent um, I,
1: I i didn't even know that until okay until i saw the trailer for this okay um okay. i think i i'm sure i saw the name pop up in yeah. Like when I was first getting familiar with Rent, but I never mm-hmm. really looked into it. So unfortunately, yeah. I don't have an honest opinion about yeah. how mm-hmm. it differentiates from the musical. However, yeah. this has intrigued me to want to see the mm-hmm. stage yeah. <laughs> version. Yeah. Because because like the the jump cuts in the editing mm-hmm. from the monologue to the actual story, I'm like how yeah. are you doing this? There are three yeah. people supposedly there are three people in the show like how are you there doing is yeah yes yes yeah
0: yes. so the three people in the show are jonathan michael and susan and jonathan uh, and jonathan or michael also plays john's dad executive temp market research guy counter guy and rosa stevens and then susan the actress who plays susan also plays rosa stevens john's mom secretary judy wright and uh, carissa johnson so it's a lot of multi hat wearing, and mm-hmm. so for and so for me, like that's the one thing I came away with going like they did a really good job of taking a three hander piece and splitting it out to give Jonathan Michael Susan, who who I would say are the are, are, are the main trifecta of the film, like mm-hmm. uh, like um, Vanessa Hudgens as Carissa Johnson is there. I mean, she is a present performer, but she isn't like a developed mm-hmm. character.
2: No. I agree. The
0: main three who are developed are Jonathan, Michael, Susan. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they were able to take those three characters, solidify them, but then also build out the world and take all these minor one-moment characters and make them into something. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that you have um well, 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 as you said, Rosa Stevens, the agent, like the fact that she was like a multi-purpose character who is comedic at one point, but then has a very honest drop in moment at the end. Or you have um, the, his his, um, his mom and dad, mm-hmm. uh, played by Danny Burstein and Pocahontas vocal Disney Princess Judy Kuhn, like that right there. And the fact that like you see them and you automatically understand who these parents are, mm-hmm. and from their brief moment of conversation before the preview performance, like the fact that you were in, or uh, or even like the um, ad agent, the focus test lady played by Laura yep. Bernanti, mm-hmm. like. Like, the fact that, like, even her character, you understand who that woman is the minute the minute you see this performance done. It's like, oh, I know exactly who you are <laughs> in this moment. I know exactly what type of person you are supposed to be. So the fact that you get all that, and the fact that we're able to take all that out or expand all that and build it. Because a lot of times when you're doing like a one-man show, a two-hander show, a three-hander show, those are very, very difficult to properly expand out simply because you're having to create so much of your uh, filler of your own that trying to develop it further is difficult. So I, I I'll say, like, that was really good
1: the mm-hmm. way they
0: did that and the way they were able to still cut back to the tick, tick, boom performance. And that, and that, and I, it was kind of like almost like Chicago, you know, the movie Chicago with Rob Marshall. Yeah.
1: Yes. And actually, when we, I want to okay. talk about okay. the songs, but yes. okay, perfect. Yes, okay, yes. it reminds me of that totally.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of moments of Chicago, and I'm like, there is that works. There, there are there are films that lend themselves to that trope, yeah, of like the show within that in the mind or the show within the show, yes, type thing. And this is one that used it well. Like Rob Marshall tried using it again when he did Nine mm. with uh, Fergie, Judy Dench.
2: Daniel yeah. Day
0: Lewis, Nicole Kidman, Mary Codyard. and that didn't quite work because mm. it felt like he was just repurposing a trope he used in Chicago. Mm. But here, then, when Miranda was able to just like Rob Marshall did with Chicago, was able to kind of really get in there and use that trope well. And there's a moment, there's a song in there that really does that particular twisting well. So we'll get into. I the hope songs.
1: I hope we're thinking of the same song.
0: I think we are, <laughs> but yes. Yeah, so I would say this is a, this is a very good adaptation of something that is, you like on paper you wouldn't think would be a shoe in for a film
2: adaptation
1: where it's like yeah, and you know some some movie musicals they either work or they don't, and yeah, I thought this worked. I agree, it worked
0: very much so. And the fact that they kept a majority of the songs, I don't. Let me just check the track list again, just to make sure I'm I'm not misspeaking here yeah 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 it looks like it's all there and the fact like boho days mm-hmm. isn't in the track list for the cast list uh for the stage. Show. so that's a new song that was added apparently um but no this is great but, yeah no like like the fact they were able to take songs use them but then also add new stuff in that fits like i like i would not know boho days which I had the bo- 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 at, at the
1: party. I had fact- actually read that that was I saw it today, actually, in an interview with Lynn manuel Miranda, that that was a monologue that Jonathan used to say. Or oh, saying, That okay. I, I think was at the top of something like this. OK. Or it was in a different monologue that he was doing. OK. And so they adopted that. I love when everything comes full circle or they take little bits from elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah, no, that's great. I love that. Love that. All right. Well, I mean, let's get into it. Jay Maxwell, which is what
1: song do you think was best performed in the show? There were so many great moments. There were, um, since we were just talking about it, uh, one of the songs that stood out for me was, I believe it's therapy.
2: when
0: you said I should go drive dead. If I were you and I done what I done, I'd do what you did when I gave you the ring, having slept what I said. I, I feel bad I feel that bad me me bad me. you I feel bad about me, think bad about you, think bad about one I said, about what you
2: about
1: me not being able to share a feeling. is the one I was thinking was about. <laughs> for- <laughs> the one that he sings. Um, with when Vanessa Hudson's character yeah. and yeah. when he's fighting with Susan and it's yeah. that perfect back and forth I love those kind of scenes and yeah. it reminds me of the tap dancing court scene in Chicago
0: you know it and- also reminds me of the news conference from Chicago where um mm. and we both reached for the gun mm-hmm. oh yes so yes, yes so yes and it's and it's the back and forth of the it's- news interview with with what's going on in her mind of the stage yeah Mm-hmm. It works. Yeah. That, that's and one of my favorites.
1: It's like the perfect back and forth. Mm-hmm. And um what I specifically like about this is that it it builds to a moment yeah. of suspense in both yes. the song and in the fight. Yeah. And yeah. when it just when it just comes together at the right moment, it's like, oh yes, this is what I love. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and, and perfect. And, and just and just Vanessa Hudgens'
0: scary wide eye deadpan vitriloquist smiles so good it's so good, like, so once good. Again, she doesn't have a lot to do in the movie but when she does perform it's like okay and the fact that once again you have the actress who does in the stage show it's susan and carissa are the same person but yeah. here in the film the way that you're smart, smart they split it where it's like his onstage performer who who would be playing his girlfriend in 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 the stage version of mm-hmm. tick tick boom is now performing the number that the actress playing Susan would have song. Uh, it's, it's weird instead Which is why I would, like,
1: why you know I would love I mean? to see that live. Like, how do you yeah. do it? Like, are you singing it the whole time? Are you singing yeah. and then fighting and then back to sing? Like,
0: yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. No, therapy Very was good. Good. Very good. But the one song that really stood out to me was Why? I think, hey,
2: what a way to spend the day. Hey, what a to spend a day I make a vow right here and now I'm gonna spend
1: my time this way I'm gonna spend
2: Time this way.
0: Which is what okay. which is what Andrew Garfield sings. It, it, it's his big soliloquy song. Yeah. At the end when he is found out Michael is HIV positive and he, and he yeah. goes into the park and plays at the
1: piano. That's just, a beautiful it, moment. It's like um, a really beautiful, vulnerable, honest moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's a beautiful moment.
0: It's and the track and, and the fact that like you see the fact that they're doing West Side Story, which once again like ties in well because it's sound is a major influence throughout this piece. Mm-hmm. And it's like the fact that like Michael played Doc of all people, like uh, <laughs> he played like he played the the non singing role. Yeah, of Doc, but, yeah, he made it. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, he, yeah. He was able to 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 make up make an impression.
1: Mm-hmm. With
2: that.
0: that just shows like michael can do a lot with so little that he's given in life
2: yeah um
0: and, and just the fact that it's such a beautiful come to uh, as they say come to jesus moment
2: mm-hmm.
0: or for jonathan's character of the pain that he's experiencing of break i'm going to lose most likely my closest friend yeah like and he's asking why Mm-hmm. Like he's asking why 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 did the world do this why why and it's and it's such a great song and the pain and in fact Andrew Garfield is performing this to the hilt like he's like he, he's got t- he's got the tears going he's singing in the rain like it's just it's it's a moment that just comes together and is and is a beautiful explosion of just his pain and his agony as a character
2: mm-hmm.
0: Trying to process something. and I mean, my, my other choice was I couldn't really count it because it's a parody song, but it's Sunday
2: would pay less at home. drinking coffee. Bums, 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 bums. People bums. screaming for their toes. In a small Soho cafe. On an island
1: into river. <laughs> Which I'm sure we'll get we will lot, get
2: you
0: there's a lot
1: to unpack with that one there um, is I,
0: there is and i, I like it but really, i'm like it, yeah but i'm like it, it's a parody of sondheim so it's not mm-hmm. really jonathan mm-hmm. larson it's more just him rephrasing sondheim's already beautiful masterpiece yeah. The fact that there's so much <laughs> paralleling the story of sunday in the park with george which is all about the art of making art and leaving your impression and tick tick boom it's very it much kind of like you can see that you can see that the inspiration that Jonathan took when making this piece from a very inside baseball art musical, which is Sunny in the Park with George.
1: Mm-hmm. I also really like uh, 3090. Which one's that again? It's the first song at the top of the film.
2: Don't jump ship, can't fight it like taxes, at least it happens only.
1: Right. That explains the, he explains like what the ticking is. And, uh, it's the whole, you gotta, like, it's this whole, um, the whole song about his ambition of, right. I gotta, I'm, I'm turning 30 in 1990. I gotta do something with my life. I gotta like try to find this purpose.
2: Um,
1: Which I think is something that I like, we kind of talked a little bit about that there's like something that, that we all sort of experience the need to sort Mm -hmm. of try to do something, accomplish something by the time we reach a certain age. And I think it just it sets the tone for the whole Mm -hmm. movie, Mm -hmm. kind of a whole Mm -hmm. what to expect. And I think It's it's super Jonathan Larson. It's a Oh, it's so drunk. It's
0: a rock and roll song.
1: It's very much almost <laughs> along
0: those lines of uh One Song Glory. just not not, not as,
1: that song. No. Yeah, I mean thematically they are similar. The, yes, oh yes, thematically. Thematically
0: yes. they are very Actually, similar. Actually, yeah. Musically yeah. they are but not. musically no. Like, mus- yeah, 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 musically, like, musically one is Yeah, no, like, musically, musically no. It's giving me Rent thema- vibes like. Yeah yeah, how, yeah, no. rent, like. yes.
1: yeah. It's, it's how are we gonna pay
0: last year's rent like yes yeah is much how we gonna pay last year's rent meets thematically one song glory, yes, which once again I, when I heard it, I was like, yeah, this is definitely from the guy who wrote rent. <laughs> I'm definitely getting the angsty rock vibes in here. They're showing up again, Lock in this movie's an hour
1: and a half hour two hours, yes, yeah, two hours. So when I <laughs> heard that person, I was like,
0: oh, I don't remember this,
1: oh oh wait, wait wait.
0: But then as the story went on, I went, okay, all right, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. Okay. Yeah. So. Alright. I mean, yeah, so yeah, there's tons of great songs. I mean, even the pool song, Swimming. How's
2: the water? Stretch, stretch, spit in the mask, cloudy vision, test the water, contemplate the dive, the shock to the skin. Anticipate the pain,
0: the pain, the pain, the pain, the pain. Yeah. One, two, three, oh, five, three, air set. There's that. One, two, three, oh, bite the hair, smooth, soft skin. Two, three, oh, bite the 13 long legs, brown skin and wet hair. Whoa, whoa, whoa and wet hair. It's just visually such a beautiful.
1: And so piece. cool. And that's another one. I'm like, how yeah. do you do that on stage? You know?
0: Yeah, I have no idea. I have no so idea cool. how you
1: do it on stage. No like, Lin while you've got me invested. Yeah. Let me find a stage version of this show. I am
0: sure you probably can find that Jonathan Larson original video version. I'm sure somebody's supposed oh, it Oh, probably. In the
1: depths of the internet.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure you'll find it, Jay Maxwell. I'm sure you will find it. <laughs> okay. Awesome. All right, next question, which relates to Rent, which is, did this movie musical give you a greater or different appreciation
1: of Rent? For me... It definitely gave me a newfound appreciation for rent. Mm-hmm. Um, I think having watched, um, and you know, it's important to remember that. And they say this at the beginning of the film that this is uh, semi-autobiographical, yeah. except for the parts that Jonathan made up. So, right, you like you kind of have to take that with a grain of grain of salt. But um, mm-hmm. having having known kind of what it, his his legacy ended up being and what rents legacy ended up Mm -hmm. being Mm -hmm. um seeing him really struggle with this like writing superbia and like trying to come up with the perfect song and come up with like have everything done by the time he reaches a certain age and um it's like wow you know you pour all your all your heart into this one thing, you have no Mm -hmm. idea what's coming next. Mm -hmm. And I love, I love those kind of stories. Um and and so for me as a rent fan, having known that that's what was coming next, like it was like I can go and look at rent now and be like, you know, totally different appreciation for Mm -hmm. it. And
0: um Mm
2: -hmm. yeah.
0: I mean for me. It did, it didn't make me like Rent more. That's for <laughs> sure. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean. Jonathan got very close to Rent. Up there were some Rent characters, and I'm like, I don't like you. Get a job and pay your bill. <laughs> um, but what I will say is, it did give me a greater sense of what was lost
2: mm. because
0: this was a man with incredible passion mm-hmm. and drive, and the fact that Michael even notices that and goes, "No, you're not going to stop. You're not going to go into the into the corporate world and write jingles." you are going to stick, st- stay the path. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you can tell he has so much more to give. Yeah. Like his mind had so much more to give.
2: Yeah.
0: Like talk about a guy who wrote a sci-fi musical, mm-hmm. a auto, semi-autobiographical musical, and then he wrote a musical based on an opera.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like that right there just shows you the span of what his mind was doing. And the fact that he says, I can write songs within a day. Yeah. Like, like the speed at which he was his mind worked mm-hmm. is incredible. So I think what the film gave me not so much a pre- an appreciation of rent because the characters, I still can't get over, <laughs> um, but it gave me a great appreciation for the man and going, mm. what more could you have given the world? Had you had time? And the fact that when you look them up and realize that they say, had he been properly diagnosed at the hospital and not sent home, he likely would have survived. Yeah. That you're like, well, that's pretty bugger. chilling. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, bugger. It, maybe there's an alternate reality where he made it out. Yeah. And right? So I think that's where for me, that's where that film hit more is looking at the what could have been. It reminded me of when I went to um the JFK Assassination Museum in Dallas. Mm. And don't be wrong, I love JFK. Like, I think. He he's a very impressive historical being. But what hit me when I was at that museum wasn't a lot of the artifacts, wasn't the gun, wasn't the the, the recreation of, of the perch where Oswald was. It was walking by his breakfast tray placement, like because he was going to a, a a banquet breakfast, right, to give a, to give a speech, and the fact that they had kept his placemat with the, with the salt shaker and the fork and the knife and the table card and the plate, and wow. you walk by that and go that's a piece of frozen in time of the mist,
2: like, mm.
0: like kind of like what was lost, what wasn't there, you know, that type of thing. I don't know if I'm s- describing it right, but for me, it's, like it's when I walked by the, that It
1: could have yeah, been.
0: Yes, exactly. It, yeah. It's an embodiment of the unfinished, the unfulfilled, mm-hmm. like the fact that he never got, and the fact they have his speech, his typed up speech right there with the place card
2: mm. going,
0: he would have said this speech. hmm but he never got to say the speech.
2: Yeah.
1: And, and it's, it's the same thing with
0: Jonathan Larson. He never totally got to see Rent, which was never his work.
1: He never got to see the success it had. Yeah, you know, exactly. the Tonys and the Pulitzer like... Yeah,
0: exactly. Like, I, 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 and I think that's where this film hits more is. Yeah. Someone who was so driven and passionate about the arts community and what in his writing, in his creation, that he never it's got like, to see it finished.
1: It's like, like one of those... Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. like one of those weird blips that just were, it it was the person who was there, who left the creative mark, and then tragically left us, but Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, look at what he left behind, and let's cherish that.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well said, well said, well said. Yeah. Okay, fun thing now jessica maxwell who was your favorite broadway star cameo because there was a lot of them that showed up in here
1: there were so many and i know not just even in the sunday performance, All over. All the over. entire movie and yep. like so many so many um yeah. i, I the, even tagged you in an article today that
0: was all about the broadway cameos <laughs> of of uh of tick tick boom
1: like even even like it, you know, like you, you mentioned, um, um, Laura Benati played, um, the head of the advertising focus group. Yeah. Michaela diamond was, um, in the share show and she yep. was part of the focus group as well. Um, Kate Rockwell, who was in mean girls. Um, uh, oh my gosh. So many the OG
0: po- little red
1: Danielle Furland.
0: Yep. 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 She, yep, she was the other focus group lady who, uh, um, in there as well, like, so many little small ones.
1: Small ones. And then, yeah. of course, there's the big Sunday performance yes. that had... <laughs> it was funny when I was watching it the first time because it's like, as it's building up to it, I'm like, like oh, hey, that's Andre De Shields. And then it's like, keeps going. And then it's like, yeah. that guy kind of looks like Joel Grey. That can't be Joel Grey. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, there's yeah. Renee Lee Goldberg and Philippa Sue. And yep. oh, there's a cameo by uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there were so... Yep,
0: yep. And There's Chena there, Rivera. Brian there's China Rivera. Rivera.
1: There's Bebe Newworth, Like, no yeah, big deal. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I, I have to say, uh, obviously, I must say, as the rent fan, my favorite was Adam Pascal, Daphne Vega, and Wilson Jermaine Heredia. As the homeless people. As the homeless people. <laughs> is that foresh- or, <laughs> well, <laughs> like, Not foreshadowing? Not even foreshadowing. Yeah. It's not for it's not for shopping. But yeah. there's a cool note in there that I read yes. that um so sorry for those who don't know, all three of those were all three actors that I just yeah. named were in the original Broadway production of Rent. Correct. Yeah. Um and I had read that um Daphne Rubin Vega, who played Mimi, mm-hmm. in the costume she wore, the um shoes she has were the shoes that she wore in rent Oh wow! And apparently, um, from some notes. I'm seeing here, uh, I think she confirms it on her Instagram account. Um, she's also wearing a hoodie that once belonged to Jonathan Larson. Wow. So that's There's cool.
0: something for you. There's something for you. Okay, so my two. So first off, I have to say my favorite cameo, one that made me tear up, was the voice voicemail uh, from Stephen Sondheim. Yes,
1: I meant to mention that
0: too. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the one there I was like, wow. Like I I, I it, it, it's, his, it, it's his voice, right? Like I, I think you'll never hear his voice again because he's passed, and then all of a sudden out pops this beautiful voicemail.
1: And what an amazing what an amazing note to find afterwards. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I I had no idea until I looked it up afterwards. Yeah. And I was like, what?
0: Yeah. Right that was so 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 good and then i also love bernadette peters Mm -hmm. getting to recreate her moment from sunday Mm -hmm. uh the from sunday in the park with george where she's even got a similar hat bucket hat on and the fact that they even do the similar staging of of him leading her out Mm -hmm. and positioning her in front of the cafe Mm -hmm. like i was like oh bernadette so good so good and of course of course you have cheetah in there who i love from west side like I, I just the fact that she's sitting sitting quietly and just it has her close-up moments. It's so great. And and yeah, I, I mean like uh, Danielle Furland showing up in in the ad scene, like just so great to see. Even like someone like her who is a wonderful Broadway actress who kind of has faded from like leading on Broadway, but was in Sunny in the park, was in was in into the woods, like mm. is a very recognizable person if you know who she is. Mm-hmm. so the fact that you had her in there in such a funny role mm-hmm. as, as as like as like they're playing off but she's just repeating similar things that people <laughs> already said and and you can see uh andrew's jonathan just getting frustrated with her where it's like yeah you said the same thing no i didn't <laughs> i said it this way i
1: said i switched the words around
0: <laughs> yeah exactly it's so good
1: some of it's them so are like good. some of them are like a blink and you'll miss it yeah kind of cameo yeah
0: yeah, yeah. like they're in the elevator. I, 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 they're just so fast, like they come by and they're gone again. Like yep, so cool. many good things in that, like it's great. Like, yes. Lynn
1: Manuel Miranda's address book must be stacked, like, right? I, like, like right? what does the contact list look like in his phone? You gotta <laughs> wonder
0: because I mean, I'm sure that, like, I'm, is I'm he sure just, he's put up the call to people
1: and say? Is he just texting hey. Bernadette Peters, hey, can you make a cameo in this movie? Probably. <laughs> He seems one, like the guy that would do that. As one that just texts Bernadette Peter.
0: <laughs> yeah. Now, like the one cameo that was missing was Patty Lapone. I was like, where's Patty? Oh, we got probably. Bernadette. We got we got BB Newworth. We uh, got Cheetah. We're missing <clears throat> Patty in here. Lynn, you and, gotta get her contacting your phone. Rehearsals for company, maybe. Probably maybe, yeah. It's either that it or she was at a at, at, at her barn in Connecticut. Uh. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Like that was the one cameo here. I was like, are, are are we gonna get Patty somewhere in here? I mean, we've gotten Laura Benanti. We've gotten quite a few big names. Yeah. Like, like are, are we gonna get Patty showing up? Like, so good. But like, yeah, like no. Like, uh, that, uh, the, the cameos are our alone and a reason to rewatch and kind of go back through because I'm sure there are ones that I missed. And I'm like, I got to go back and go through the list of people who are listed as cameo appearances and just kind of try and spot them again because like that's just a name right there. Yep. Right? So. <laughs> Yeah, no, I loved it. I loved it. All right, Jay Maxwell. Let's do this. What's our final thoughts? Is this a movie musical you'd recommend for others to watch? Is it better than West Side Story?
1: Oh, man. That's a loaded question. Um, I know. <laughs> I <think> I, <laughs> they're in two different categories, first of all. West Side Story and Tick, Tick, Boom are in two totally different categories. However... Right. I would certainly recommend it to um, uh, to any of my musical theater friends, Mm -hmm. um, especially since a lot of them love rent. I think there's a lot of um, I think the diehard fans of rent will notice some of the subtle nods to that, Mm -hmm. to the show throughout it. Like, Mm -hmm. um, like, little little things like not even just the music and the kind of orchestration mm-hmm. of it but like um the um um whatchamacallit the the voicemail telephone voicemail that mm-hmm. just goes speak like that's from rent right. that's one that's one of the ones i caught. Up. <clears throat> yeah there's rent right um, there but then there's also um uh one of the scenes when michael comes into to john's apartment and he goes, "Hey, Pookie." Pookie Mm -hmm. is the pet name for Maureen and Joanne. Mm. Uh, There's another, there's another moment and he's uh, John's writing on a a piece of paper, fear or love. And I've always interpreted that as the um, lyrics in rent given to love or live in fear. Mm. So I think like, if you're really looking for it, you'll see a lot of the hidden nods Mm -hmm. to rent. Um, Plus obviously the bookends of the film that pay tribute to it. Yeah. So I think in that respect, um, very good. And Mm -hmm. I think if if you if you love rent, you should watch this. Mm -hmm. And even if even if you don't, I still think it's a good movie musical. Like I said, it certainly intrigued me to want to see the stage adaptation. Mm -hmm. Better than West Side story is a loaded question. And like I said, they're in two different categories and Mm -hmm. can have they can have their own separate Thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> I am not pitting those two against each other. <laughs> <laughs> Darn it.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Well, for my final thoughts, I will say this is a film that I knew was coming. I wasn't like West Side, where I was like counting down the days, looking up every clip. I mean, Jessica knows I sent her up team clips and snippets and trailers of West Side. I don't think I sent her one thing a tick tick boom. Um, you, so maybe
1: maybe you tagged me in the trailer teaser maybe, trailer many moons maybe. ago.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I mean, like, my anticipation for this wasn't as big as West Side, but I will say this film happily lived up to the critics' reviews. Like, all the critics came out saying this is a good film. It's it's a well told story. You'll you'll enjoy it if you're a theater person. You will love the 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 like the little nods and things like that. Like, I like, I totally forgot to mention that there's a cameo by Stephen Schwartz uh, yes. in there. That, that, that he's just sitting in the back of like the uh, of the reading auditorium. And the fact that- was That was another
1: like, one where I had to do a double take.
0: Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, like, right, exactly. <laughs> like uh, just the fact that you have that and like little tiny other musical homages in there throughout that are so wonderfully like great Easter eggs that it doesn't distract, but it adds to your viewing experience. And the fact that you can tell this is done by- Lin Manuel Miranda, who has such a love and reverence for this theater community, like the fact and, that like I still so want to go visit his drama bookstore uh, in New York that he bought and is reopened because it looks just beautiful. I
1: believe Lin Manuel Miranda has also expressed that Jonathan Larson was a like a big inspiration for it. I can see that. Well, once again, like you can track
0: Oscar uh, Hammerstein to Sondheim to Jonathan Larson to Lin Manuel Miranda. There is a through line of one thing leads to another thing leads to another thing. And I'd even put um Lloyd Webber in there too, because Lloyd Weber's one that really brought the rock mm. into into Broadway. So I even go like Sondheim, Lloyd Webber, Larson, Lin manuel Miranda. Like like I definitely could see the over overtones and influences. And clearly like this was a passion project of Lin-Manuel Miranda. It's like this wasn't just a okay, yeah, this would be the movie musical I want to stick my teeth into. There are yeah. much easier musicals that are easier to adapt
2: yeah and right to the
0: screen like this is one where it's like you gotta really love the project and love the person to turn a three-hander piece into a fully fledged two-hour movie musical mm-hmm. um, so i would easily recommend this to people to watch who don't understand the business and who maybe sort of struggle to understand their artsy friends this is a relatively good depiction i mean i will say don't ever let someone belittle you and your values for their art that is something that i think that's a message that does need to be reiterated that to artists out there, you don't get to belittle and and kind of tunnel vision people out for the sake of your art. You are you need your community. You need your support networks. Mm-hmm. As we see Jonathan's world deteriorates when he becomes tunnel vision his apartment begins to reflect his inner turmoil and in his tunnel vision. It gets messier. It, it builds up. It's not clean. It's cluttered. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, like I think that's a good example of, of as artists, we should never get tunnel visioned. We must always remember that it's the influence of the people around us that allow us to create the art we want to create. Art is never created in a vacuum of using alone at night, staring at a keyboard. It's, it comes from all places, from being in the world and interacting. So I think there's a beautiful message in there about that as well. And I mean, if you're asking, would I go back to this gun or, or if you had a choice of Mac, you get, you get to put on West Side Story or tick, tick, boom. I mean, of course, my choice will always be I will I will pick West Side Story, over Tick Tick Boom, if if it's a choice of which one do I want to watch on a Friday night. But that being said, that does not take away because as Jessica said, this is very much an apple to orange situation. These are two very different musicals. One is more of a classic uh, musical, very modern classic. I mean, like mm-hmm. they've done a really good job updating it. We'll get into that in our review of West Side. But I will say that this is very much stand on its own and is worth. The rewatch on Netflix, just so you can get more, more of the message, more of the intricacies of the story that is being told. So I would definitely say this is easily a four out of five for me. I highly recommend watch for people both in the arts community and outside the arts community. I don't think this is too far inside baseball that the common viewer would miss out. I would highly recommend Jessica show this to her mom, Sue.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell her to add it to her list.
0: There you go. All right. Well, that's that. I mean, we are doing good for time. G. Maxwell, give us that classic G. Maxwell send off.
1: You didn't tell me what the classic send off was.
0: <laughs> the way, just give your socials. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You've got to give me a prompt here. All right. Uh, you can find me on uh, all social platforms under uh, J. Stuff Max. Uh, mm-hmm. I also have uh, my website. Sounds about right.com, but that's W-R-I-T-E. Huh. Because we love a pun. We
0: do. And Jay Maxwell, where can people find and follow your loaf of bread, (laughs) Jim?
1: My cat has what we affectionately call a Jimstagram. And it (laughs) is, uh, (laughs) hold on, his handle is Jim the underscore cat for all your orange tabby needs and wants. Love that, love that, love that. All right,
0: and you can find and follow me at Mackenzie Horner on social media platforms. Uh, you can check out my answers with the cup of hemlock theater, our cup of hemlock theater podcast, as well as YouTube. Uh, Jay Maxwell, thank you so much for kicking off twenty twenty two. This will be this is our first episode of twenty twenty two. Yay! Uh, yeah, we have, we have done fifty episodes uh, of the podcast, and we and this will be our th- third. Third, our third movie review. Awesome. Uh, no, Thanks. no. Hold on. No, hold on. Prom, Cats, Do you have Hansen. No, this will be our fourth. This is oh. our fourth film review. And we were so glad that you were able to come on and do this. You have knocked it out of the park.
1: Oh, well, as, thank as you for the so much. Thank you so much for having me. I'll always find any reason to talk about a modern rock musical. So I know I appreciate we, that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we got to bring you back for like, one of the classic musicals just to see what your
1: reaction would be to like,
0: one of the older ones. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll work on that. We'll work on that. If, All right. If there is an older musical you want Jessica to come back and talk about, give us a comment. Give us a, <laughs> a, 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 send us a little message, you know, and we'll happily work on getting her back for that episode. Who knows? All right, friends. Well, we will see you later. And uh, remember to go to brunch on Sunday. Bye.